World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm the host of it, Jeff. You know what it's called, you know what it's about, you're here listening to it on purpose, so you even know what story we're covering this episode. Uh, but what you don't know is, mm, I didn't start that sentence knowing what I would say, the secret of the universe, <laughs> the best slice of pizza in San Francisco, uh, the place where you can be totally at peace with the surrounding world and not cluttered with thoughts. That place doesn't exist. Uh, we're going to talk about a creepypasta called Dear Abby, and with me to talk about it is returning from, gosh, I guess it's been since the um, episode about ritual in July yeah. uh, that we recorded back in June. Um, and we're recording now in the like first third of January. Uh, no, I guess it's the second third of January now because it's the no, it's the thirteenth. Well, thirteenth. No, today's the thirteenth. Yeah, the thirteenth. So it's the second third of January. Uh, <laughs> it's mid January. Yeah, it's mid January. Let's say you're that. You're not. You're not hearing this until let me look at my calendar. February twenty first. Uh, so that's not too bad, but we are recording three today, so the last of the three that we're recording today, they won't be hearing until the beginning of March. Jeff gave uh, me a lot of homework. Yeah. Well, I then, I did- I actually did you, it. I never do homework. You, you did more homework than you were assigned, to be fair. Um, <laughs> the person who I actually gave a lot of homework, you won't hear this episode until after all three of these episodes air, uh, is poor Hannah Burge, who had to read the left-right game, well, she asked to. Uh, it's a novel-length creepypasta, and that episode ended up being, like, two and a half hours long. Uh, oh, gosh. I listened, I, well, I listened to that creepypasta, and it was a six-hour reading. So, uh. you know, we needed the time. This will not be so long. Please, I didn't actually introduce you yet, I don't think. Uh, Welcome I don't think so. back to the show, Catherine Marino. Hello! I hear some ASMR for you. I'm stirring this cup. Mm, I don't think that's ASMR anymore after Get Out. <laughs> oh, shoot! Just shoot! Setting. I forgot about that! Oh my gosh! Yeah, you just hypnotized a bunch of people. Good job. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> they won't even remember it. I'm listening. <laughs> nice job, racist. Uh, <laughs> we're all racist. Uh, well, we all participate in a society which is, at its core, built on and predicated on the subjugation of people who are outside of the mainstream of society. And for the Correct. past several hundred years, that mainstream of society has been defined primarily by ethnicity and much more recently by skin tone. So, also uh, in that sense, we're all racist. Correct. Money, too, but money is more like a reward for being in the right social group. Right. Yeah, that's or true. Or like, like a way to reinforce those social groups, too. Yes, it's, yes, 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 yes. You know, it's all very complicated. People have been... It's been literally, like, what, 150 years since the Communist Manifesto got written? Everybody knows about all of this. Um, I wouldn't I don't know why we're talking everyone. about it here. <laughs> 
Well, no, you're right. Not everyone. You know, I was watching um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail last night, and I forgot Aww. that so much of modern leftist discourse comes from uh, radicals like 70s um, oh, yeah. leftism in yeah. Europe. One of the peasants uh, identifies as an anarcho-syndicalist. Um, and that's, <laughs> that is a term that, of course, predates Facebook groups about uh, Magic the Gathering, but um, <laughs> is also something that modern-day nerds like to do, is to read through Wikipedia's list of uh, leftist subgroups and roll the dice and pick which one they think think will uh, make other people on Twitter the most angry. Um, boy, we need left unity, y'all. Solidarity forever. Come on. Uh, anyway, Catherine, please tell me about this creepypasta Dear Abby. Okay, so uh, Dear Abby is written in the format of a bunch of letters, not to the um, columnist Abby and the uh, people that are filled in for her since she passed away. Um... Or is she passed away or is she just retired? I think she passed away. Anyway, it's, it's a two-person. I don't know person. if there ever was a single Abby. There was. Dear Abby. There was, there was originally a dear... There was originally an Abby. There was originally an Ann Landers. They were sisters. Um, they uh, each had their own column and did not get along, but I guess... I think they made up eventually. And then I think okay, their kids so took over or something. It was founded in 1956 by Pauline Phillips um, and carried on today by her daughter, Jean Phillips. The full name of Dear Abby is Abigail Van Buren. Urine, but it yeah. is a pen name. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah, it's just not actually Abby, but yeah. Yeah. And um, actually, the person in the story that is being written to, her name is actually Abigail. And um, it is the, the writer of these letters is um, a gentleman, not gentleman, a creepazoid. Mm. A creepazoid. He's a man, <laughs> certainly. He's a man of the male persuasion, and he's a uh, bagger at a grocery store, and he becomes obsessed with this woman that comes through his line, um, and is writing these letters, though it's arguable if um, these letters actually ever get to this woman, or which ones do, and which ones are just written in his head, etc., etc. So, basically, he, become, he becomes a stalker, and um, through these letters, we find out he's like in her house, eventually, and um, eventually kidnaps her, and uh Let's kind of lets her kill him in a locked in a storage unit and assumes that uh, she will kill herself as well. And it's just about his creepy journey. And you're not quite sure which things he's writing are real and not real and reliable narrating or all that. And um, no. that's that's really the gist of it. It kind of starts out very unreliable narrator. But yeah, like- definitely. You get the sense that it's a reliable narrator once he is, like, breaking into her house and stuff, except for the stuff where he is convinced that, like, they're going to be happy together. That's obviously well, a yeah. bunk. But, like, in the beginning, he describes a, like, fairly normal flirtation between a retail employee and a customer of, like, smile, you're cute, haha, leave, never interact again. Yeah, basically uh, the first interaction was the only one that was normal. Yeah. <laughs> But also, the rest of the story kind of calls into question exactly how flirtatious flirtatious that interaction is within the fiction. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing not at all. Their second interaction is the one that most interests me. 
Um, she comes back into the store and seems weird. Um, she does come to his line when she doesn't have to, but she's very standoffish. She says something that he says he doesn't hear. He doesn't, like, hear what she says because she's mumbling or whatever. Yeah. Um, this is supposedly after he sent the letter and she should have received it. Um, Which is impossible and- because he did not know where she lived. No, I think he describes in the... No, he doesn't describe in the first letter that he found out where she No, lived. he found out where she lived later on, so... Yeah. Uh, uh, huh? Yeah, I, it's... It's just strange. He says, as you walked up, you muttered something that was too quiet for me to make out and waited at the end of the counter for me to finish packing your groceries. It is weird. I was. Ex- he says, I was expecting you to either come up and talk to me or avoid me like the plague, but instead you just walked on through as if I was another stranger. Well, first off, he is another stranger. Uh, yeah. I guess... Um, uh, it's... Here's the thing. Now. I'll put when, in the text description a warning that this story is about a creepy stalker guy. I yeah, guess it's about a creepy stalker. I lean on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think she even really noticed that he was at the end of the line. I think the first time she kept, she went through the line, probably she was in a better mood. And the second time she was having a different kind of day. And this man was not on her thoughts at all. And she was just talking to herself or just not, you know, like... I don't, personally, I don't remember, you know, after going to the grocery store and seeing the same employee, you know, a number of times I might start to remember who they are, or if there's especially strange or good or whatever interaction I might, but like one little interaction, I'm not going to remember someone's face or anything about them. (laughs) So like, I, they may, I may say something to them and then the next time not remember who they are. Like, that's not unusual for me at least. Yeah. I'm wondering if like, if he did actually find out where she lived and sent her the letter for the first letter, like it's not an imaginary letter. He did actually send it to her. Um, and that's why she acted really weird. Like she said, Hey, uh, I got your letter and he didn't hear what she said. And so then she left. I don't um, think I don't think he did because he mentions in a later letter finding out where she lived. Like he like specifically mentions when in the timeline he finds out where she lives and it's not it's not then. It's it's in a later letter. So I mean, he says in the later letter, I've been searching you up a lot lately. With no job, I have all the time in the world to spend learning about you. And he says, do you know how much you can find out about a person, about someone with just a first name and a town of residence? Um, And he doesn't say when he found all this information out, but then he lists out, I found out your last name, uh, I found out your age, and that you live a mile away from me. So he maybe found this out before, uh, and is just revealing it now. But then and when guess, he goes to her place, um, he does not know which um, apartment she lives in mm, until he actually shows up there, which is way after he gets fired and such. So yeah. And if you just address sense. it to the building she lives in, you know, it's it's not going to get there. You know, you have to have the unit number on there. Yeah, he says I asked the woman at the front desk multiple times what your room number was, but she refused to tell me. Uh, so, well, also I think this is probably written by a child. Right? Yeah, I. Because- that's one of the things I looked up for for all three of these stories. I was very curious because all three of the stories you had me read were in different points, I would say, in someone learning how to write a story. Um, this mm. would be the earlier point, and when I did some, like, Googling, and 
um, this person was likely a freshman or sophomore in high school when they wrote this. Um, yeah, so they don't know that apartments are not called rooms and they don't have room numbers. They have yeah, and I think numbers or apartment numbers. Like a lot of the quote unquote like holes or uncertainties in the story, you know, some of them may have been on purpose, but some of them may be just not thinking about it or, you know, just yeah. not quite there in their writing career. Um, so, like, I like to try and figure out all this stuff, but then at a certain point you have to think, well, wait, is this just, is this me overthinking it? Or, and it's just the person didn't, writing it didn't even really think it through, you know? It's just ambiguous. Yeah. I mean, my assumption is that the people writing these stories are not thinking them through, but, you know, that's an assumption on my part, so maybe not. Uh, I feel like I might have just found this author's Instagram. Uh, yes. That in your yes, search? I did. Yes. So, Sagoth? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that was it. Actually, uh, what I looked at was uh, their Facebook, which was just, you know, they, they go to a um, a creative college, you know, so they've got, right, this story was from, I think, 2012, and right now, I believe they're at, uh, you know, a college for creative arts, you know, and, and they're in their early career there, so um, obviously they've gone on to do more creative things. Um, I didn't find anything specifically advertising their writing or anything, so I didn't want to look too much further and be too nosy. But um, yeah. I guess we could, it's credited on creepypasta.com. It's credited to yes. Kyle K-Man Mangione Smith. And K-Man is a nickname you give yourself when you're a freshman in high school. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Which they is seem fine. to be a person who is making uh, short horror films now. Yes. Based yes. on the Instagram, which is why I assume that this is the correct Instagram. Yes, yeah, I, I believe so. Uh, anyway, um, it's a very... I would have... When I first started reading the story, I would have assumed it was written by a, a woman about uh, an really? experience with a stalker. Um, and then as I got further in the story, I'm like, mm, no, this is like way... This person who wrote it has way too much insight into sort of like the yeah. and horny teen <laughs> mind. Um, of, of a, of a, like, teen boy. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, I don't think it's by someone who would actually think these were appropriate things to do, but they're just, yeah. you know, they wanted to write something creepy and they know what that feeling is uh, of like, liking someone who doesn't know you exist, you know, the trope and, you know, they're just like trying to work with that as their premise. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't help how you feel. You can help what you do with that feeling. Right. And the narrator of the story obviously reacts inappropriately. <laughs> it's um, just a little. But, <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, since they kidnap and murder someone. <laughs> um, well, we're, it's not clear, actually, that she does die. Um, I yes. don't... But given... There's not enough information about the storage unit that he ends up locking them into to know whether or not uh, she would perish or not. There, you know, there's too many variables. But he obviously is dead, but her he fate is unclear. Up, he sets it up for her to be dead, though. Yes, that's he, what he expects, yes. Yeah, he goes into the storage unit and then calls the um, manager and is like, hey, I forgot to lock my storage unit. Waits until he hears the manager come and lock it, them inside of it, and then waits longer until the manager goes away and then, like, wakes her up. Or whatever. And then she wakes up, yeah. And then and he has a knife there and he lets her stab him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is another, I don't like creepypastas that take place from the point of view of the bad guy. And we coincidentally are covering two ish of those today. The, right. the, uh, middle story doesn't take place from the point of view of the bad guy, but, um, I don't know. It's a little more complicated than just like, 
taking place from... Yeah, the middle one is just a, a story we'll about some creepy it. stuff. Yeah, it's just, yeah, like... We'll, we'll it's get not, to it. Yeah. It's There's, like, a twist about villainy in that one. Um, but in this one, it's just, like... I don't need to read this type of story anymore, I don't think. No, and it was too, it, it was too long. It, you know, it's, it's, it's a typical person trying to practice writing something with, you know, I don't, I, I just, as a grown person who has experienced creepy men being creepy, like, it's just, I don't, uh. <sighs> It needs yeah, to have a little more art to it, which is fine because I mean, it's this is someone practicing, and it's they're a younger person, so it's not like I hold them against it for needing to practice and do this stuff. But like, the, what was more weird to me was all the people in the comments being like, "This is the best thing I've ever read." Oh my gosh! I was like, "Are yeah, you sure?" <laughs> it's rated nine point zero out of ten from two point three thousand votes on creepypasta. Yeah, that's what surprised me. Wild. Yeah. Like, um, I'm sure this person is, you know, if they continue to do creative things that, like, you know, I, I look at some of the things I wrote when I was younger and be like, haha, oh my goodness. Like, I, I would never expect anyone to like any of it. And it's just surprises me, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I think that, um, ultimately it's like fairly well written. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's um, hard to write stuff. So like in the grand scheme of things, yes, it is like, yeah. It's just the subject matter is dull and execrable garbage. Like yes. I don't need <laughs> I, I don't need stories about this type of thing. Um it's it's also it's just like I don't this type of story is fine. I don't need it from this perspective. No, yeah. I would have rather maybe even had it from hers and uh, there's too many holes in it for me to want to even hear from him. Like it, it's too gross. I know what I know what he's thinking. I already know. I don't and it, it's too confusing and too weird from him, and I don't want to hear from him. I, I'd rather hear from her and what the heck she was mm. thinking. And um, actually, one of the things that did bother me was I read some of the comments on the story, and um, what always confuses me is when someone writes about a character and people judge the character's choices as if that person were real and worthy of being judged for their decisions when yeah. it's the author deciding for this person what they're going to do. Like, calling her a stupid bitch for and deserving whatever because she didn't, like, leave the room immediately when she got the letter in the desk or whatever. It's like, no, the author chose how she'd react. Like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> and she's not even real. And, like, that's... It confuses me. It's, it's just like, you know this is a story, right? Like, it's like those um, those people who defend. They're like, well, it's f fine if Lara Croft wears short shorts and a tank top because she's an empowered woman. Like, no, she's not. She's made up, and men decided that she would dress like that because it makes them horny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the characters behave ways in stories because the author decided, not because they are people with agency, they're right. characters in a story, and the ways they act reflect the author's beliefs and the author's points of view. And obviously, I'm not saying that the author believes that this main character is a good person. No, um, uh, it's but, pretty obvious he doesn't, but, yeah, you know. <laughs> the, the, way that, the way that the story is written, like the perspective and the subject matter, 
are and the way the characters behave is all reflective of something that the author is trying to say. And we'd love to talk about death of the author when we talk about what a story means. But that is not generally a way I like to attack it, especially not with creepypastas because yeah. they're, they're they're so much more informal and um exactly they're they're amateur uh art they're uh as a previous rec- i don't think this episode is out yet but in a previous recording a guest referred to creepypastas as outsider art and yeah, that is absolutely yeah. true yeah um you have to really be a master of your craft to be imbuing your art with meaning by accident um <laughs> yeah. or you just get really lucky um i i think that the best that you can say is that some of these stories are imbued with uh negative meaning by accident like this yeah. one for example yeah which I, I think is part of the whole, like, the, the reason I asked to cover these stories in a certain order, which this one being the first, being the, you know, the youngest author, probably, or the youngest as far as, you know, in their writing style, is, um, like, because it, it's, because of where they are in their craft, it's more reflective of them than it is an accidental or a purposeful meaning or anything like it's just a reflection of them at this point you know it's it's yeah. you can't i can't get into the story i'm just thinking about the person writing this and what they were thinking i mean obviously some of the people in the comments did as they seem to think the woman was a real person uh <laughs> But, yeah. you know, at this point, it's, it, it's you know, too immature. And I, I don't mean that like, you know, they're immature, but they are. They're a young person writing this. And that's that's where I'm, I'm seeing, I'm still seeing the person writing this at this point. Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting um, thing because like all creepypastas, it probably just got one draft. Probably, um, yeah. And it's a short one. Or maybe uh, a few edits, but, you know. <laughs> reading time on creepypasta.com is listed as 18 minutes. I listened to a version on the podcast Creepy that was a 40-minute episode. Really? Um, yeah. How did they do that? Well, well I guess... I, I mean, I guess reading a story out loud takes about twice as long well, as... That's, yeah. that's true. Uh, ...reading it to yourself. Um, yeah, because on- it definitely took me about five minutes to read this. <laughs> yeah. No, see, I think you're underestimating because... Oh, I also read yeah. very fast. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It's um, it's just like, there's mistakes that are pointed out in the comments. Like, there's a part where she's trying to get away, where Abby is trying to get away from mm-hmm. the main character, whose name is Jay. Um, she starts her car, and then after she starts her car, he comes over, smashes open the car window with, I guess, one yeah. punch... And drags her out of the car, like, across a parking lot, after she started the car, the window's not open. So, like, in a second draft, you'd be like, she was having trouble starting the car. Because she was too freaked out, over. which would, would make more sense. Yeah, I had a crowbar or a baseball bat, or yeah, the you, you would open because add it was more summer. things. So, there's lots of things like that in there, where it's like, I don't, I need to more, either more information or less information <laughs> for this to make sense. Yeah. Yeah, oh, the part where he found a hiding spot in her room. First, he's hiding in the vent. Then he's hiding under the bed. Then he's hiding in a spot where he won't. He doesn't tell us where it is, but no one will find me. Like the police come and everything, and no one knows where I am. But I can see everything, and it's never specified because that doesn't exist. Um, yeah, I was. That was a really weird. Like, 
ha- left thing left hanging in the story. Because there is no, there's nothing in a small, you know, apartment. Like, I mean, there's there, also there's not human-sized like vents to hide in. No, unless he's like, you know, uh, supernatural in some way that doesn't... <laughs> No, yeah. I just kept I kept laughing actually because I thought about him just like hanging on to like the ceiling fan and just like hovering <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's ultimately like fairly amateurish and uh, interestingly well written. Like, there's not very many technical mistakes. No, just a there's few. Just, just, yeah, uh, there's just like a couple narrative trip ups that we mentioned and. Uh, also, it's it's interesting to have it in this epistolary format, although it's not really because he's not actually writing most of the letters. Yeah, he probably wrote the some of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's like, I'm writing this in blood on the floor. Yeah, I don't know. It's and that's fine. I mean, I don't. I do like the letter format, but it obviously doesn't make complete sense for this. But that's fine too because he's crazy. But you know, whatever. No, see, I um, someone else in the comments made that uh, thinking he was writing it in his blood. The last letter, but um, it's worded, and now as I sit here in a puddle of my own blood writing this, so yeah. it's it, he's in his blood, his body is, because he got stabbed, and he's yeah. writing it. But I guess he's just composing it mentally. Um, I figured he thought than, he was writing a letter, and was just kind of probably not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's just like... It's interesting. It doesn't... It's not a 9.0 out of 10 No, that, that's... Which, I mean, it's fine. If you're, you know, a, an author starting out, like, you know, a young person, that's... It shouldn't be. <laughs> like, yeah. that would be weird. You will be some sort of prodigy, and you're going to have a very hard life. <laughs> you know? Although... In fairness, one of Chris Straub's earlier written works, um, well, he was a, a, a professional at the time, but it was ten years ago, I believe, that Candle Cove was published. Oh, okay. uh, and also, that is one of the um, earlier stories to pop up around the term creepypasta. Mm-hmm. And, you know, true, true. that's probably the best one. <laughs> so... You know, the genre did get off to an early start, I would say. It's it's just so... Why? Why? Why am I doing this show? I always why think, any of this? I, <laughs> you know what I always think about? What it would have been like... Like, when I was this person's age, there was the internet, but it yeah. was not... It was actually... You're more likely to have just a regular or old... Like, if you're going to have a website, it's just going to be plain old HTML, like, uh, like just straight out, you could have posted your things, and you'd be part of a web ring, and no one's going to see any of your stuff, and it'd be gone by now because it was on, like, Angel Fire or something, or GeoCities. Yeah, this person, this person was in high school in 2012. I was yeah. only two years out of college at that point. Um, and when I was a freshman in high school, was around the time Ted the Caver was being published on, like, its own website. Um, and, like, stuff stuff like Creepypastas was passed around by email or through AOL Instant Messenger. It was not I don't like even know this. if there was Instant Messenger when I was a freshman. There might have yeah, been. Probably. Instant Messenger has been around since the, like, mid-90s. Yeah, well, but I was a freshman in, like, 95 to 96? Or, ni- wait, hold on. 96 to 97 was my freshman year in high school. Okay, so, I didn't, I didn't start AOL. using it until... Instant 
instant messenger. Till junior or senior year in high school. Okay. Thanks. So you're six years older than me. I think so. I forgot that those age differences as an adult don't really matter. No, but But like growing up, it makes a big difference. Yeah, it does. I mean, we didn't have an answering machine when I was a kid. That was like, you know, phone rang, you got it, you didn't, you know. We had an I know how to use a rotary phone. What? We had an answering machine that ran on little tapes. Yeah, yeah, that's the first answering machine we got. And uh, we kept, uh, my mom, when I was in elementary school, she went uh, back to school to get her graduate degree. Um, and a professor left a very long, wonderful message about how much he loved her, um, one of her things she handed in. And it was on one of those little tapes and we kept it for so long until we had no way to play it anymore. <laughs> oh. oh man. That's cute. Yeah. I saw um, I wonder where it is. So, so AOL Instant Messenger was originally just part of the AOL software. Yeah, which I did not its have. Its initial standalone download was May 1997. So yep. it was not available until the very, very end of your freshman year of high school. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, I guess, is when it started to blow up because people who used other kinds of internet could start using it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely in the early 2000s as people started switching to broadband was when it really blew up. Oh, yeah. Just have it open 100% of the time. Yeah, I always had my, um, my freshman year in college was 2000, and it was just always open. And, you know, you had your yeah. fun little away messages. You had, I, I mean, that is what made it was horrible. And also, <laughs> like, I learned how to internet from it. Yeah. And I learned how to type extremely fast from it. I knew how to type. But when you are talking to seven people at once, like, you learn how to type very fast, and that never went away. So thank you for that, but then also, thank you, Mr. Messenger, for that. But then also, actually, I think it was either my freshman or sophomore year, I decided to give it up for Lent, (laughs) because Mm. I I was, like, used it so much, and then I realized I didn't like it. (laughs) I was like, this is much better, and I never used Instant Chats again. I actually, um, I used it throughout high school and college. Um, I accidentally, like, I was just messing around on my computer and I noticed I had the, um, multi-service messenger client Pigeon installed. Oh, I don't even know that one. So I logged on to my AIM account and got a message that it was the final day AIM would exist. Oh, goodness. So December 15th, 2017. Oh, my Um, goodness. I didn't even know it was dead. Yeah, AIM went away and I, I knew it was going away, but I did not know it was going away on that specific day that I decided to log on. There were still two people who were listed as being logged on on mobile that had just been listed that way for Uh years and years and years. Uh, I don't know what would happen if you actually messaged them. Well, nothing now, but yeah. You know. uh, anyway, we don't <laughs> time, have anything time for another creepy pasta about yeah. logging into. A- oh, that's actually a good idea. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you, uh, I logged into AIM, and you won't believe what spooky thing happened. Yeah, the next posted to r slash no sleep <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap up, dear Abby, because okay. we've talked enough about it. We've padded the episode enough that it's an appropriate length. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts? Uh, and if not, what's your spookiest part? Uh, my final thought is that uh, if you want to be creative you gotta practice so keep keep on chugging on even if you know and listen to criticism and when people give you compliments that's great but also make sure they're not idiots and your spookiest part 
My spookiest part was the comments where people gave agency to a woman who does not exist. Mm. I'm not, I, like, yeah. I, I don't want to, like, I really actually don't, like, I don't want to make a joke out of it. I kind of like to always make a joke out of it, the creepiest part and pick something that doesn't really, isn't really applicable. Yeah. But actually, none of the story was just as creepy as that, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, my creepiest part, I think, is the, um, when he meets her for the second time and she's a little standoffish, um, because if the story was from her perspective, she would be, like, showing a lot of empathy towards this guy that he doesn't deserve, um, being like, oh, I don't want to let him down easy, uh, he's, you know, just, like, a weird, socially awkward guy, I don't want to, like, hurt his feelings, and then she, like, loses her nerve, um, and then everything tumbles out of control, oh, excuse me, out of control after that, um, that is, like, a very spooky idea to me, but because that element is left so vague, mm-hmm. it's sort of unexplored, and also because the author chose to tell this story from the perspective of a uh, weird psychopath murderer um, with these delusions, uh, we also lose out on that perspective. So, oh well. Um, that's all we have to say about Dear Abby. Catherine, where can the people find you to say, hey, I liked when you were on this show. What, uh, <laughs> when, when are you going to start a new podcast that I, the creepy podsta fan, can listen to, Catherine? Oh, I really want to. I just can't decide what kind of thing to talk about. Like, there's so many yeah. things I can, like, babble on about forever, but, like, what would actually be interesting? I don't know. Um, I don't really use most platforms now. Like, I'll log into Facebook once every two weeks and find a bunch of important messages I should have read. Um, but um, actually, I, I use Discord mostly now, because uh, most of what I do is Pokemon Go, and I'm a member of like too many Pokemon Go servers. But um, I'm actually trying to... I, I mostly set up... I'm going to send it to you as soon as I finish. I set up a... For people that don't use anything else, and if you want to, you can use this. I sent a, set up a creepy podsta and friends Discord. I'm Hopefully by the time this post, I'll have finished working out all the little kinks and stuff. But just... You know, if there's if you don't use Facebook or any of the other stuff, if you prefer that kind of medium, then you can use that. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'll yeah. get on there. Um, I'll probably invite a couple other people on there. Great. Uh, I don't think I don't think I'll be able to convince like Louisa to get on there because she Aww. doesn't know how Discord works. I have a, a couple other. Uh, I didn't know how Discord works either. It is not yeah. user friendly. I have a couple other <laughs> luddite luddite friends who are like, no, I don't I don't want to understand Discord. The thing about Discord is it's just Slack but insufferably gamer. And the yeah. thing about Slack is it's just IRC but easy to use. I um, like Discord because it is the closest thing to message boards that exactly. I can have well, on my phone. chat rooms. It's really chat rooms. Yeah. Um, Reddit. Reddit yeah. is message boards. Whatever, um, but Reddit sucks, so... That's fair. Uh <laughs> I mean, it depends on the subreddit. I don't yeah. per- actively participate in any subreddits, so I say it depends on the subreddit. I still don't do it. Um, for me, Facebook groups have mostly replaced um, web forums, yeah. and uh, Slack and Discord have replaced chat rooms and um, 
Instant Messenger has not really been replaced by one thing. I commun- is there some people who I, like, am friends with in real life, and I have their phone number, and I still only yeah. talk to them on Facebook Messenger, or only <laughs> talk to them on Twitter DM, or only talk to them on Mastodon. And it's like, I could just text them. Or, no, Snapchat is another big one. Um, I don't use that. I finally deleted it off my phone. The only reason I used it was for the funny over picture overlays, but now there's, mm. like, other things I can that I already use that have that, so... <laughs> I have some people who I only talk to through Snapchat. Speaking of, you can add me on Snapchat, Jeff JK. Instagram, also Jeff JK. Uh, there are also some friends I have who I mostly talk to through Instagram. I talk to one of my roommates. Instagram's fine. Early through Instagram. Um, then there's Creepy Pods to fan group on Facebook. You can be on that Discord that Catherine just set up. You can go to patreon.com slash Jeff JK. I changed my rewards around at the beginning of the year and Ten dollars may get you some comics, but it will probably get you a book because I'm trying to get rid of some of my books. How do I mail um, people garbage and they send me money? How do I get that? <laughs> uh, you first, you have to <laughs> accidentally strike bronze by starting a <laughs> podcast that a very small amount of people listen to. Oh, oh, and then I after say, a long who's, time, okay, somebody's like. Oh, I'm your biggest fan. You always mention oh, this person is this person's the biggest fan. But no, I'm the biggest fan. I'm the biggest fan. I declared. Uh, declared. Don't, I don't think. Challenge put I down. Don't think I, mm, I don't think I have specified who's the biggest creepy pods to fan. There's too many. Oh no, I'm talking um, about seeing Reddit. <laughs> yeah, seeing seeing Reddit has no. I uh, love creepy uh, pods stuff, but biggest fan contest uh, <laughs> ongoing. Um, mostly oh, because gosh. literally th- three figure fan base. There's like 120 <laughs> to 150 downloads each week, and it's been that way for the entire three year run of the show. Oh, God. So, Creepypods has grown and it like I love has fluctuated. Yeah, thank you. Um, but seeing Reddit has been pretty I consistently love the Reddit same so amount much. of people. <laughs> I do. Yeah. It makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> I'm glad. Thank you. Um, I think that's all of my things. So we're going. Oh, I should wrap just say on, on Discord, um, I'm Zalwar X Y L O A R T uh, hash, and my discriminator is nine nine seven five. You can friend me. I'll just accept it, and may, I'll send you a link to the thing. I don't remember what mine is, but I can look it up right now. I did. As Catherine, you find a final, um, oh gosh, final line to okay. close out. This I will story. do that. I will do that. Um, okay, I'm looking at this wall of text, and oh, I did find out that the numbers at the end are called discriminator. That I was very proud that I figured that out. Oh, on Discord, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that either. I, you know, what? I'm gonna open Discord up on my phone because the way yeah, it's the easiest way to I'm tell. Logged in. Uh, God, it's. So all the apps on my phone are so slow. Um, <laughs> oh. I'm filling this dead air, but I don't really have to. I could do. Did you want me? I did find a thing to say for the end of the story, but I don't. That's usually last. I don't. Yeah, it has to go last. Yeah, it has to go last. It's my role. <laughs> for some reason, I'm Jeff JK hash three two zero one. Okay. Now you can finish. Okay, Abby. This is all I ever wanted, and for that, I have to say thank you. Thank you.